Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Funny Podcast, where laughter is a main course and humor is always on the menu. So let's get started, and here's your daily dose of funny. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. already have the best time this is we're making history this is gonna i hope be one of the best nights of our whole lives honestly so i am so proud that he agreed to let me produce his special and be involved he's one of my favorite all-time comedians give it up for mr sam Moran!
I deserve that, you're right. Um, <laughs> this is a weird time to be a comedian. I don't know if you've been following entertainment, but uh, it is a bad time to be a predator. <laughs> Has anyone been paying attention to that? We're losing like three actors a day. I feel like I'm gonna see the new Avengers movie next year. Like, why is everyone being played by Paul Giamatti? <laughs> so, like, he's the only one left. It feels like a dark time. I saw a baby in the coffee shop the other day. He was wearing a T-shirt that said, uh, I love life. I was like, you'll grow out of it. <laughs> it gets shittier. I like babies, but you know what's better than a baby by a little is uh, not having a fucking baby. <laughs> by this much. I get drunk a lot. I sleep in. I confidently walk back to overheated cars. <laughs> it's a good life. My sister calls her baby a miracle and I play along, but uh, it's, it's a bit much. <laughs> miracle. We never call adults miracles. We're doing way cooler shit. <laughs> there are no babies that can dunk. <laughs> we just have a baby. We're like, it's a miracle. Then it grows up, and we're like, never mind. <laughs> Two people fucked. It's not miraculous. <laughs> Winning the lottery, that's a miracle. You'd never win the Mega Millions jackpot and be like, should we keep it? <laughs> and, uh, My niece is always crying. I'm trying to make her laugh. And my sister's like, you got to let her cry because she's at that age now that if you interrupt, she becomes dependent. So that's strange that we do that to babies. You can't even do that to adults. <laughs> if you came to my apartment and my girlfriend was hysterically crying, I can't be like, it's cool. I'm training her. <laughs> We're going to nip this in the butt early on because I don't like her feelings. She just got a vibrator. My girlfriend, not my baby niece. <laughs> she got a vibrator and I got an Xbox, so uh, it is over. <laughs> I'm playing NBA 2K, she's playing with herself, but either way, we're both thinking about LeBron. <laughs> you women are amazing, though, you know? You know why? Because you can fake an orgasm, but you can't fake a good mood. I mean, that's... You could tell me I'm the best you've ever had, but you can't muster up one smile at a family picnic. I mean... Where are those oh my gods where I need them? My ex was cool. Every time we'd have sex, she'd say, you made me come, which I, you know, that was flattering. I'm not doing that much. We'd be having sex, she'd be like, I'm about to come, and I'd be like, cool. Then she'd be like, stay completely still. And I'd be like, all right. And she'd be like, you just made me come. And I'd be like, are you sure? I feel like I played dead with an erection. That's why I asked if I made you come. Made you come. I thought I went to the barber shop and I'm like, can you hold the buzzer completely still? You're the best I've ever had. <laughs> also, you just made me come, so. 
Here's a barber tip. Whatever barber you go to, that is, whatever music they're playing, that's the haircut you're going to get. <laughs> Armenian hip-hop. <laughs> this is a weird area to do my special, because this is like, the, I'm seeing like the hipster dads in this area, you know, like the skinny jean wearing disciplinarian. <laughs> I saw a dad and he was yelling at his son. He was like, Simon. And I turned around because that's a stupid fucking name. <laughs> I was like, Simon, if you keep this up, you're not going to get any more smoothie. <laughs> that's the punishment now, apparently. Uh, I thought we used to beat the shit out of kids, but <laughs> apparently Mango Madness is where we're at. So. And me and my friend just laughed in his face, and he turned to us and he goes, why don't you mind your own fucking business? I was like, oh, well, we're not going to get any more smoothie. I'll fight you, dude, but if I win, I'm taking that smoothie. And I'm going to drink it in front of Simon. I feel bad for these kids. We tell kids they could be whatever they want, and then we don't give them the odds, which, you know. If I have a kid, I'm going to be honest. If he's like, Daddy, can I play in the NBA? I'm going to be like, statistically, it's possible. But let's take a look at this chart. <laughs> I've taken the liberty of factoring in your size and race. It doesn't look good. <laughs> You're a tiny Jew. That's why we named you TJ. I'm a Jew. I'm a New York Jew. I complain a lot. I'm in therapy. I'm the type of Jew that if you don't like Jewish people, I'm not the one that's going to turn things around for you. <laughs> You're going to meet me and be like, still a big thumbs down. <laughs> nah. I read about anti-Semitism, but I've never experienced the anti-Semitism I've read about. I've lived in New York my whole life. This is the worst anti-Semitic moment I ever had. I was doing a road gig in Colorado, and I pulled over to get a seltzer water at a gas station. I asked this woman, I was like, do you have any seltzer? And she goes, we don't carry seltzer. And that's as bad as it's been. <laughs> Her tone was hurtful, and... I've lived here so long that I'm, it's just... Anytime I hear anti-Semitism at all, I'm like, us? I thought everyone loved us. <laughs> Even when Charlottesville happened, they were like, the Jews will not replace us. I was like, we're not. <laughs> I don't know if you know any Jewish people. None of us are gunning to be a gas station attendant. So. <laughs> I mean, you should be worried about robots. You know, they're the ones taking the shitty jobs. You'll never hear this. I lost my job at the gas station. What happened? Josh Rabinowitz. They're taking our jobs. <laughs> Racism, it must be a uh, learned behavior, right? Because you never meet like a racist baby, though I would love to. <laughs> Just an itsy bitsy, teeny weeny racist. <laughs> what were his first words? We'd rather not say. <laughs> and for the record, they were taken out of context, okay? <laughs> Babies look racist, though, right? They're skinheads. They're not educated. <laughs> they're cranky, and they don't have any teeth, so. 
I was watching this documentary on the KKK. They all support Jesus. Did you know that? I didn't know that. A dark-skinned Jew, that's who they went with. <laughs> Seems like an odd choice. It almost feels like someone in the clan is just fucking with them, you know? But like, you know who else is cool? Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Those are our people. My friend's a Christian, he wears the cross everywhere, which I get it, but it is a strange memory to think about all the time. It's not a happy memory. <laughs> I know that's your guy, but he's seen better days. That's like if I walked around everywhere in a Michael Jordan Wizards jersey. <laughs> I guess, but he was better before that, you don't remember? I choose to remember him suffering. <laughs> therapy, obviously. And uh, I see a therapist who sees a few other comedians. Like, I know comics that go to the same therapist as me. I was in the waiting room the other day, and I actually heard my therapist laugh through the door. And I was like, oh, I gotta bring it again this week. <laughs> I've been playing the hits nonstop for this, dude, you know. I was complaining about a relationship I was in, and he said, uh, yes, you tend to pursue damaged people and then try to help them. And I was like, you too. <laughs> we both do that, unfortunately, you know? I'm not good at relationships. They're so hard, you know? Every woman I date tries to change me. In that Billy Joel song, I love you just the way you are, a woman would never write a song like that. <laughs> If Billy Joel were a woman, that song would be called You Are My Project. <laughs> and we'll see where this goes. I'm like, stop trying to change me. She's like, I'm not trying to change you. I'm trying to improve you. You know what having a girlfriend feels like to me? You know that thing in your iPhone that's always asking if you want an update? <laughs> that's what it feels like the entire time. Just constant, hey, do you want to get better all day? I'm like, remind me later. <laughs> I'm happy with my current operating system, so. <laughs> they made it harder. I think, like, the dating websites made it harder for how we, you know, communicate. Because you went first dates, and I was like, what kind of music do you like? But that doesn't really matter, right? You can coexist with someone that has different musical tastes. This is my new first date question. This is what I ask on every first date. How likely are you to yell at me in public? <laughs> that one's going to come in handy. You don't want to be in that relationship eight months and you're getting screamed at in front of strangers. You're like, it's cool. We both like Chance the Rapper. So. <laughs> I had another breakup and uh, <laughs> she broke up with me and then uh, asked me to take her back. And then Curveball broke up with me again. That kind of feels like you're in a plane that's going down, and then somehow you land safely, and then uh, you die in the cab ride home. <laughs> you're dead in the end. <laughs> and then she texts every day, I miss you, and I'm like, well, that is part of the breakup. We're not going to hang out as often. <laughs> I didn't know I had to explain that part. I thought that was self-explanatory, but... Thank God jobs don't work that way. Can you imagine getting fired, then two weeks later your boss is like, I'm sad. <laughs> Mm. 
I'm glad you're sad. I hope your whole company collapses. <laughs> you know what the good thing about a breakup is you really learn to truly appreciate rap lyrics. I didn't used to get it. You know what I mean? Back in the day, I'd hear it. I'd be like, you know what? That's a bit of a generalization. But then you get dumped. You're like, it's true. These hoes are not loyal. Um, <laughs> I went to the gym today. I was listening to the Jay-Z album, the newer one. And uh, I listened to rap the way it was meant to be listened to by a pale Jew and an elliptical. <laughs> I like that album, that, that new one where he talks about uh, saving money. There's a whole track about investing money. That's like the whole song. He's like, this is where I save. Rappers are living longer now, so. <laughs> yeah. You didn't hear songs like that 15 years ago, right? Back in the day, he was like, big pimp and spending she's. Now he's like, you gotta make your money work for you. <laughs> Any motherfuckers familiar with long-term growth? <laughs> then drop a beat. He cheated on Beyonce and then wrote a song about it. Two things we'll never do. <laughs> None of us. I was in a relationship two and a half years. I never cheated once, not once. I'm on the road all the time. People are like, what's your secret? How do you stay faithful on the road? This is my secret, I'll tell you. Two and a half years, never cheated once, my secret. Um, not one woman tried to fuck me. <laughs> I mean... Thank you. Thank you. Am I a hero? Yes, I am. I'd be alone in a plane, beautiful women walking towards me. I'd be like, this chick better not sit next to me. She'd sit next to me. We wouldn't speak the entire flight. I'd be like, that was a close call. I mean, I'm an amazing person. Then your friends pressure you to get on these dating apps. They're very intimidating. Sometimes the pictures don't even match the occupation. Just like a gorgeous woman bent over with a finger in her mouth and you're like, St. Jude's Children's Hospital? <laughs> if you say so, I'm just worried about the children at this point, you know? One of my friends was like, I got this dating site for you. Uh, comes over, it's a prison dating site. <laughs> Incarcerated women was his suggestion. And we laugh for like five minutes, but then like minute six, we're like, there's some attractive women here. <laughs> But then it shows you the crimes they commit, and you're like, double homicide's probably a bad idea. You know? <laughs> but they have actual profiles. One of them actually said, I love the outdoors. You're like, yeah, I mean, obviously. <laughs> I mean, turns out you like money laundering a bit more, unfortunately. But... I'm wearing condoms again. Yeah, I'm wearing condoms again. It's the end of an era. <laughs> it's not that bad. Guys complain about condoms. You know what wearing a condom's like? You ever go to a basketball court and there's no net? And you're like, I mean, I guess I'll play, but. <laughs> the whole time you're like, did that even go in? <laughs> I was with a woman the other night. She asked me not to wear a condom. I've never had that before. She's like, I'd rather you didn't wear a condom. I was like, I'm going to wear the condom, so. <laughs> She's like, please don't wear it. I'm like, I'm wearing, I've made my choice. I'm going to wear it. She's like, I'd prefer if you didn't wear the condom. I was like, wearing it. Can't believe we're having this discussion. And I can't believe which side I'm on, to be honest. And she goes, why? Why? Because based on this, I don't think you're going to be a good mother. 
She slept over. That's a weird one. She spent the night. A one-night stand spending the night is like, I mean, that's like if you ordered in food and the delivery guy stayed while you ate it. <laughs> and you know, I'm trying to be a better person. I quit watching porn. I cut back. And <laughs> I, try, I do the double browser system. I do the work browser and the other. So Safari thinks I'm a good person, but Firefox is like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, we even want to know what I'm doing to Google Chrome, so. <laughs> I find porn to be less offensive than a lot of women's magazines, you know? Because at least porn is body positive. There's fad and old porn. There's no fad and old Cosmo. Every women's magazine's like, how to shed that last 10 pounds. Meanwhile, porn is like, you're perfect, and we have a category for you right here. <laughs> you're not fat in porn. You're a big, beautiful woman. A BBW, if you will. You're not old. You're mature. You're not covered in semen. You're getting a facial. It's like a day at the spa. I'm glad that joke went over because if it didn't, this next one will be a real uphill battle. So, one time my ex asked me to finish on her face. There's no clean way to say that. I tried to think of something, it just doesn't work. She asked me, she's like, I think we should try if you finish on my face. And I said, I don't think it's a good idea. And she was like, please. I might have doctored this conversation, but. She was like, please, and I was like, no, all right. I, I did it, and the second I did it, we both had a moment where we were like, we are not these types of people at all. I am in way over my head here. This is not good. I felt terrible. I got her a hot towel, some cream, some sliced cucumbers. I, I gave her an actual facial. That's how bad I felt, you know? I played some Enya. Remember Enya, anyone? That's a, it's a weird feeling. Because uh, your only way of finding out you're not that type of person is to put it into practice. <laughs> it's, it's hardcore, I'm not that hardcore. It's like when you're young and you like, think you could join a gang and they're like, you're not one of us. You're like, I feel like I could be. <laughs> they're like, you're not one of us. And then finally they let you in and they light someone on fire and you're like, you guys were right. <laughs> I'm gonna go get a smoothie, this is. <laughs> I'm not into celebrity sex tapes, too. They creep me out. Like, when the Hulk Hogan sex tape dropped, my friend, I said dropped, like it was a fucking album. <laughs> when the Hulk Hogan sex tape dropped, we all remember where we were. It was act right after Yeezy's album. <laughs> but uh, my friend sent me that sex tape, and I was like, uh, I don't know. He's like, it's funny. I was like, not my type of humor, really. <laughs> I do a lot of dry witticisms. I don't really do the ex-wrestlers fucking. I knew too much about the story. Like, I knew that some woman allegedly extorted money from him and that she couldn't get any money and then he won all this money. So I knew the story. I knew that she fucked Hulk Hogan and then got outsmarted by Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's not a feel-good story at all. I don't even know what you do after that. I guess you pretend you're dating? What's this new guy look like? Well, he's horseshoe bald, but also he's got a mullet at the same time. <laughs> 
interesting combo. Yeah, but he's, he's shredded. He's in great shape. Oh, so he's young? I think he's like 85. <laughs> but a young 85. Oh, he's older. Does he dress well? Only spandex. Okay, well, at least no one knows you fucked him. Gonna stop you again here. <laughs> My life is a disaster. I'm at a good age sexually. I get it now, like things I didn't used to get. Cunnilingus, all in. Love it. It's a good time. Back in the day when I was young, I did it because I was like, this is what men do. Now I'm older, it's like scotch. I'm like, it's actually quite nice. <laughs> One time I was going down to my ex, I was like, really, you have like a realization that you enjoy it. You know, I was getting really into it and I stopped in the middle. I was like, man, I love eating vagina. And she was like, cool, in the future, could you say my vagina? <laughs> it is a fair edit. When you've been with someone a couple of years, you show some brand loyalty. That's what I say. <laughs> you could get throat cancer from cunnilingus. Did you know that? Yeah. All the women are turning their boyfriends right now. That's not true. That's not. It's <laughs> just not. But... No, I read that. Maybe you guys don't all get your news from brobible.net, but it's uh, <laughs> one of the most trusted medical journals in America. And But if that is true, then, I mean, you lived a good life. <laughs> right? I mean, if you did enough to kill you, you went out like a fucking G, as in generous. No one's saying a bad word at that funeral. He was a giving man. He didn't speak much, but he was quite good at breathing underwater. <laughs> I like older women, I think, you know, like more mature. You know, I've always liked that. My therapist will say you have unresolved issues with your mother. That always silences the room, nice and quiet, but... <laughs> I mean, like, similar values to haircuts are coincidence, but... <laughs> then my mom meets these women every time my mom is like, I don't like her. I'm like, yeah, of course not. She's a younger you. That's why you don't like her. Then my dad meets her and he's like, I think she's great. I'm like, you sick fuck. I like curvy, you know, like voluptuous. I don't know why my hand's doing that, but... I know I did this shit. That was creepy as hell. That's how it started for Weinstein, and who knows where it ends. Curvy. I liked it. Voluptuous. I don't know, came up with a stick thin model of probably the fashion industry, which means mostly homosexual men. <laughs> right? Gay guys are like, these are the hot chicks, and straight guys are like, if you say so, but. <laughs> I mean, I'll fuck most of them, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> Why did gay guys get to choose who the hot women are? That's if like straight guys got to decide which is the best Broadway show. <laughs> like, all right, and the Tony goes too. Rocky again. <laughs> My ex's best friend was a gay guy. I love the guy, you know, because he's protective. He did activities with her I didn't want to do, and he did not want to have sex with her, so it's a very good deal for me, honestly. I get her anniversary gifts. I'll be like, honey, two tickets to Bieber. You and Mateo are going to have so much fun. Because <laughs> I'm not going to that bullshit. We all have a little gay in us. We do. I don't know if you know this. Every straight guy, when we pee urinal to urinal, we do look at the other one's penis. So. I hope that's true. 
that's my hypotheses portion of the show. I could be wrong, but if I'm wrong, I don't want to be right, I'll tell you that much. I've been on the road a lot. I've been to some real dumps lately. <laughs> Reno, Nevada. <laughs> Shithole. <laughs> I did a casino there uh, for a week. That sentence keeps getting sadder as it goes along. <laughs> a casino in Reno. <laughs> if you ever want to see fake tits and an oxygen tank on the same person, <laughs> book a ticket. It's happening. It's a, it's a joke, guys. It's a lovely city if you hate teeth and can't afford Vegas. It's a... <laughs> I was in Montreal. That's a good city. You guys like Montreal? That's a good... You know what they do? They, they try to make you go to strip clubs the second you get there. Maybe I'm hanging with different people than you guys, but... <laughs> they were like, you should go to these strip clubs. I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to go. And they were like, you should go. I was like, I'm not going. Those girls are victims of sexual abuse, and um, also it's too much money, so... <laughs> That's my stance. <laughs> I could have just said the first part and said, like, I'm not going to take advantage of some girl's fucked up childhood. Not at those prices. <laughs> you want me to confront an ugly truth, you better give me a bargain. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I was in Montreal. I was going through customs, and uh, they speak a little... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Differently, some of them. One of them was like, Have you ever been arrested or handcuffed? And I was like, I mean, two different questions. <laughs> arrested or handcuffed? That's going to be like, like uh, Hey, ever had a prostate exam or a finger in the butt? <laughs> I just say yes because, you know, I'm health conscious but open minded. And... <laughs> Everything's self-service now when you go to these airports. I've been flying so much. And like LaGuardia, that's where I fly out of. I went to get a coffee there. And I was like, can I have a coffee? The guy's like, yeah, you, you pour it yourself over there. And I was like, okay. So I pour it. And then I go to pay. I was like, can I have this coffee? He's like, you pay with that other guy over there. I was like, all right. So I walked over. I was like, can I have this coffee? And he was just like, oh, yeah, it's self-scan. You do it yourself. And I was like, why are all of you here? And then there was a tip jar, and I thought it did a good job, so I took a $5 bill on the way out. You know, I earned it. I fly almost exclusively Delta because of the Biscoff cookie. I'm an adult, and I've made my choice. It's a fucking awesome cookie. You, may, you grow up, and you realize what cookies you like. I never thought biscotti was going to be in the cards, but comeback victory for biscotti. Delicious cookie. So pretentious, but so yummy. 
I feel like Ships Ahoy looks at the Scotty like, all right, dude, we get it. You studied abroad, you know? <laughs> and Biscotti is like, I did Prague, I did Madrid. I've seen a lot of shit, to be honest, so. Delta took away 20,000 of my hard-earned road comedian airline miles. This happened six years ago, but I'm not over it. And I called to complain, and this woman picks up the phone. She just goes, oh, we don't do this anymore. I was like, you don't do what? She's like, we don't do complaints anymore. <laughs> Pardon me? She's like, yeah, you can email our complaint division, but it takes like six months. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Then she said, also, your mother's a cunt. I'm paraphrasing, but that's how her words made me feel, you know? I can say whatever I want as long as it's how I feel. That's what, uh, that's what my therapist, Alan, says. So I get transferred to my next rep. She's even worse. She said, well, your miles are from 2010. We didn't start keeping tracks till 2011, so... Sorry. Yeah, she said, sorry. <laughs> With an A-Y. It's the least sincere apology of all. You would never go to a funeral. Sorry. And if you do, that's the murderer right there. <laughs> Sorry for your loss. <laughs> Are you? So I said, this isn't fair. She said, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, I feel like you're being kind of condescending. She said, oh, am I? <laughs> yeah, you're talking down to me. She said, oh, well. I'm not proud of what I said next. It was a little subtle. I said, I hope that you die in a fire. <laughs> True story, she hung up on me. <laughs> I, I, look, I overstepped a little. Rude customer service, hour plus whole time. I, fiery death may be a little extreme. I, I should have gone with moderate form of cancer for my insult, you know? You guys can pull back here, but I'm gonna power through because I believe in myself. I'm talking treatable stage one cancer. And then she shows up at the hospital and they're like, there's nothing we can do. Your insurance ran out in 2010, so. Sorry. I mean, when the cancer joke hits, we are in for a pretty good second half, I would say. I mean, this is <laughs> good news. Because I go to the, like all these cities all over the country, some of them, you go to some sensitive places. I was in Portland, very sensitive people. I think it's a lack of protein. And <laughs> I walked in this comedy club. This guy was like, I got those three hot girls in. You owe me big time. I was like, thank you very much. He said, yep, takes a woman like me to get those hot chicks in. And uh, he had a five o'clock shadow like me. I was like, you're a guy though, right? And he was like, excuse me? And I was like, ah, shit. You're not a man? He's like, you can't tell me how I identify. And I said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. He goes, fuck you, you made a mistake. And I said, I can clearly see that you're a woman now because you're furious at me and I have no idea why. <laughs> and then he forgave me, so. Probably was a man. <laughs> That one takes a second to see if you agree with it first, because <laughs> we are in Brooklyn. <laughs> I did a Caitlyn Jenner joke on uh, The Late Show with Colbert, and I got a nasty email about it. They're like, you don't get it. You're a straight white man. Caitlyn Jenner's had it hard. Has she? Caitlyn Jenner's never worked a day in her life. She's been coasting off of Bruce's success her entire existence. <laughs> That guy trained hard every day. Bruce Jenner, American hero. Caitlyn Jenner, gold-digging whore. 
don't know if Caitlin kept the penis or not. I don't know. I, I feel like you'd be better off without it. The penis is just a, it's an inconsiderate body part, isn't it? It really is. If it was your friend, it would be your worst friend. There's no worse friend than penis. An opportunist, a social climber. During my breakup, I was crying during my breakup and I hugged her goodbye and I got hard. How, that's how little your penis cares. Up here is the worst moment of my life. Down here, my dick is like, dude, one for the road. I mean, <laughs> let's get the band back together. One more job. The female anatomy is so much more complex. I mean, you have to find the clitoris. The penis just shows up, sometimes uninvited. If they were toys, I would say the penis, pogo stick, you know, simple, unpretentious. You take one look at a pogo stick, you're like, I could figure that out. You go up and down, and you're like, that's pretty much it, actually. <laughs> the vagina, Rubik's Cube all day. You could play with it your whole life and still be like, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> Only Asian boys can crack that code, you know? <laughs> the penis, well, it starts a pogo stick. It ends up a, a slinky. <laughs> Flaccid, sad-looking, trying to escape down a staircase. <laughs> Most women I know, they look at sex differently. Most women I know, they look at sex like buying a car. You're like, can I see myself in this long term? Is it safe? Is it reliable? Could it kill me? <laughs> Most guys I know, they look at sex like parking a car. We're like, there's a spot. <laughs> there's another spot. <laughs> oh, I have to pay? Never mind. Handicapped. Hope no one sees this. <laughs> and I'm trying to be better, you know? I'm, I'm an atheist, but then you ever meet like a hardcore atheist and you're like, well, I'm not that. <laughs> I was talking to this guy, he's like, you could dig up my body after I'm dead and fuck it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> There's no afterlife. <laughs> you could also not believe in God and hope that someone doesn't defile your corpse. <laughs> That's the camp I'm in. Well, I'm like, probably not, but come on, that seems a bit extreme. <laughs> I just, he's like a hardcore atheist. He's a drug dealer who lives at home. He's like, I don't believe in God. I'm like, I don't think God believes in you. <laughs> I'm trying to be better. I got rejected um, from the Big Brother program. True story, I'm not just making that up to sound cool. <laughs> They gave me a hard no. I made it to the third round. It's hard to get into, but I made it to the fir first two rounds I killed. They loved me. Round three, they got a little more tight. And uh, this woman was like, what's a bad example of a big brother? And I thought she would laugh. So I was like, you mean like a child molester? <laughs> and she did not laugh at all. She said we were looking for like impatient. <laughs> I don't, I thought we were playing high stakes. I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> She's like, what are you going to bring to the Big Brother program? And I said, uh, patience. <laughs> That's the opposite of pedophilia, the willingness to wait. <laughs> I took a depression test online the other day, which I, do, I think means I have it. 
I think that's the test. So like, you're here, yeah, it's not. <laughs> Question one was, do you give up on things too easily? And I was like, that's enough for today. <laughs> we gave it a shot. <laughs> and I don't think I have it. You ever get sucked into that like YouTube comment wormhole? I don't know why. I've never done that and felt good about life. I've never been like, wow, we are going to be all right after all. After all. <laughs> I was watching this YouTube video. Uh, it was like a TED talk on grief. I've got to read you this quote. It said, I lost my parents in a car crash a couple years ago. Last year, I lost my wife to lung cancer. Recently, I lost my sister to breast cancer. When the tsunamis of grief wash over me, I have to stop everything I'm doing and take a deep breath. Soon it dissipates and begins to melt away like snow. The comment underneath it said, shut up, bitch. <laughs> if you ask me to define the internet, that's it. Sad meets mean. That's all you're gonna find. <laughs> Pathetic and terrible. I do kind of like Shut Up Bitch, though. <laughs> it's so final. <laughs> if someone says Shut Up Bitch, you're shutting up. I mean, it's good. <laughs> I disagree with the intent, but the word choice is economical. <laughs> Once a year, I'll, I'll get into it with a troll. It's like my Mardi Gras. I'll really, like, I'll let it fly, you know? I like, I, I'll look, but I'm also like, I mean, I'm not going to get involved or engage, but once in a while, it is fun. Last year, uh, and don't pretend that, act like you're a great person here. We're all mortified by this. But remember the baby that got eaten by the alligator at Disney? <laughs> we can all agree it's a tragedy. Comedy Central wanted me to say that. I think it's kind of funny. But... <laughs> That's a joke. It's a tragedy. I'm kidding, guys, but... No, it's a terrible thing that happened. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to tell a joke. I'm not just reporting sad fucking news. <laughs> so the baby got eaten by the alligator at Disney. <laughs> Is that where we left off? <laughs> and <laughs> it's a tragic thing. Uh, and I was like, that's terrible. And then two weeks went by, and I was like, all right, it's time. <laughs> it's time. Of course it's terrible, but let me fucking try. <laughs> and uh, I went on stage that night at the Comedy Cellar, and I said, I don't mean to come off like a gun nut. I just think if that baby was carrying a weapon, he'd still be with us. That's how I feel. <laughs> Not a great joke, but it's timely. And there's a woman on the front row, and she just goes, no. <laughs> and I was like, well, she's like, you can't joke about that, which guarantees I will continue to keep joking about it. <laughs> if you know anything about comedians, <laughs> that's all we need. <laughs> and she's like, no, you can't. I was like, so I'm like, did you even watch the baby's funeral on TV? Which it wasn't on TV. They don't, <laughs> they don't televise baby funerals, but <laughs> it is a pilot I'm thinking of pitching. <laughs> Coming this fall to MTV after Teen Mom. <laughs> but uh, he kind of asked Lewis, did you even see the baby's funeral on TV? And she said, no, I guess I haven't seen the baby's funeral on TV. And I said, well, if you did, you would have seen the mother come on through tears and say, see you later, alligator, which uh, is... 
She gets up and walks out. Her husband stays put, which is how you know it's a good joke. And there's a part of me that is excited by this, because I know I'm the subject of conversation in the car ride home. You know that she's like, he was terrible, and the husband's like, I thought he had some good stuff, you know? <laughs> I thought he was bringing it tonight, you know? So they email the comedy seller, my home club, and, they, and the comedy seller forwards me the email. Ha, 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 with 11 exclamation points. <laughs> I counted, I did count. And I will now read you the best email I ever got in my life. Here's how it opens. Okay, you want blunt? I'll be blunt. <laughs> so you know some bad shit is coming. It's never like, you want blunt? Wonderful evening, thank you. <laughs> A disgusting person, Sam Morell, took the stage and spent the first few minutes of his act disrespecting the two-year-old child who was murdered by the alligator at Disney. <laughs> I'm gonna say it, murdered is a strange word choice to use here, you know? That makes it sound like the alligator was paid to do it. <laughs> then afterwards, he went to a payphone and was like, it's done. <laughs> and then he belched and ran away in a trench coat. <laughs> I have never in my life been so offended and repulsed by someone. I immediately left and stopped to tell your staff why. This is my favorite part. They followed me to make sure my drinks were being paid. <laughs> I mean, it's just so wonderfully condescending that she's like, I'm furious. And they're like, mm-hmm, those coronas weren't free. So, Sarah. <laughs> I should say that the comic before me on this show, a friend of mine, she made like six Holocaust jokes, and this woman wasn't bothered by any of them. She even mentioned them in the email. She's acting like they didn't even happen. I mean, some would call her a denier, but, you know. Thank you, thank you. I would expect all human beings would be offended by a sicko making jokes about a two-year-old baby's tragic death, saying his mother probably said, later, Gator, at his funeral. <laughs> I mean, even in text form, it kind of holds up. You know, it's... <laughs> is it the gift that keeps on giving? Yes, it is. This is a woman who's trying to get me fired over later, Gator. <laughs> a play on words, which to me is a bit of a crock, honestly. It really is. <laughs> no. I have posted about this on every social media account I own. She sounds fun. <laughs> I've asked everyone I know to share it. The comedian himself replied to me to say, pretty strong act, huh? <laughs> I did do that, that is true. <laughs> if you troll me, I will occasionally troll back. <laughs> I'm hosting a sports show and I basically got media trained because I think they saw me as a liability and <laughs> They're worse. But they were reading some tweets. I don't know if you've ever had a gray-haired person read your Twitter. It is enlightening, to say the least. <laughs> One of the tweets they actually read out loud was, uh, someone tweeted at you here, Sam, that uh, your comedy is a waste. And you replied, your father's jizz was a waste. <laughs> I'm like, so you want me to keep doing that, or no? <laughs> She ends it by saying, what a complete and utter pathetic excuse for a human. He doesn't deserve to breathe the same air or live on the same planet as that precious little boy's family. He can go fly a kite. 
Which that last part, it always gets me. I would love to fly a kite. It sounds like a pleasant recreational activity. Kite flying. She's very tightly wound. She could use a vacation. I'm thinking Disney, but you know. The owner of the club is a very good guy. I like him a lot. He emailed this woman and said, we feel bad you had a rough night here. We'd like to make it up to you and maybe comp you and your husband for a night out, and I hope they accept. And I think it'd be a great idea for them to rebook me for the gig. <laughs> Nothing would make me happier. They're sitting there like, finally, we can take our mind off that awful, awful man. <laughs> your first comic coming to the stage, Sam the Gator Morell. <laughs> I was just doing a gig at a mall in Albany. I'm not bragging, but <laughs> look, when you dream big, things happen in this career. So you'll someday perform next to a Cinnabon. And <laughs> I was uh, doing a gig and there was a kid in the crowd. I was like, you're too young to be in my show. And he goes, I'm 22. And I said, there's no way that you're 22. Someone put a spell on you if you're 22. <laughs> And he said, here's my driver's license. I was like, wow, you're 22. You're the youngest looking 22-year-old I've ever seen. You're like a pedophile's dream. That's crazy, you know? <laughs> and yeah, it, okay here in Albany at Crush, they loved it. It was to the point that it was hard for me to follow. Like they started screaming pedophile's dream throughout the show. It became a thing. I'm not bragging again, but... After the show, he comes up to me, he goes, you got to take a picture with me and post it to Facebook, hashtag pedophiles dream. <laughs> and I was like, hey, yeah, let's do it, sure. <laughs> so I did it, and uh, the next morning, I got a very concerned phone call from my mother. <laughs> she was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? My mom's friend comments on all my Facebook posts, too. He comments on, like, every joke. He's like, not funny. Every joke, not amusing at all. So I posted this picture and he writes underneath, pedophilia jokes are not funny under any circumstance. And my friend comments underneath, shut up, bitch. <laughs> this guy gets me. I'm glad I'm doing this special in New York because it's home. It's like, it's very much, uh, it's a love-hate relationship. That was what we call... That's what we call a cheap applause break in the biz. <laughs> Praise the city you're in. No, I love it here, and, uh, but I do take the subway home every night, and I see some weird shit. Sometimes you see the people come on with the music, and I'm always like, please, I'm hungover. This is so inconsiderate. I was on, this guy was like, all right, now all the women join in. He actually said that in the middle of his song, and a couple women joined in. They must have been tourists or something. And he said, all right, now all the Jews and none of us joined in at all, because it sounded like a trap. You can't be that specific. It sounds suspicious. You can't be like, all right, now all the Mexicans. All right, now all the undocumented Mexicans. The best one is, this guy comes on the other day, he's, he's singing about how homeless he is, and he had a beautiful voice. We all really went with it. He was, we were all like, wow, this is amazing. You know, and, and we all gave him money, and then he got off. And then another homeless guy came on, and we all at the same time were like, you came at a very bad time. 
I mean, the last guy really dazzled us, and I'm not going to lie, there's a bit of a disappointment, you know? That's how tough this city is. You can't just be homeless. You got to have a thing. He's like, homeless? I'm like, yeah, but what's your hook? Makes you very cynical. I feel like an America's Got Talent judge every time I see a hobo. They come on, they're like, I'm homeless. I don't have any money. I'm like, mm-hmm. And what will you be performing this evening? <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I've been on America's Got Talent. I lost to a mime, so I'm not getting cocky up here, believe me. And he was a good mime, but he was still a fucking mime. <laughs> still hurts. A very talented mime named Tape Face. <laughs> and you guessed that he had tape over his face. And my mom called me afterwards. She was like, you had our vote. And I was like, I figured. That'd be pretty messed up if she was like, look, you're our son and we love you, but tape face is the shit. And then he really spoke to us. Sometimes I'll see a crazy person, so I go to the next subway car to get away, and then I, I see an even crazier person on the next subway car. And I'm like, I think I left a religious freak for a public masturbator. Bad trade. This guy was touching himself underneath his pants. He's looking at my girlfriend for the time. She turned to me. She's like, you're just going to let him do that. I was like, you want me to interrupt this guy? I don't think blue-balling this lunatic would be my solution. She was like, maybe you should fight him. I was like, yeah, I don't want to get hit with that hand. I could beat the shit out of me touching me once I lose the fight. That's a difficult situation to be in. She's like, you're just going to let him do that. She pushed me up. I had to get in his face. I was like, excuse me, sir. I don't know why I'm calling him sir. His dick's out. It's like, sir, you got to stop. Touch yourself with that to my girlfriend. I'm not touching myself with that to your girlfriend. I was doing it to you. I was like, uh, you're just going to let him do that. <laughs> you ever get so drunk that you pee on the street? Yeah. Now just me? All right. All right. I was peeing on the street the other night. I was hammered, and this cop walked up to me. He's like, you were not seriously peeing on the street. And I was like, no, I'm doing it ironically. And... <laughs> He handcuffed me while my dick was out, which, that makes it look like you commit a way worse crime. <laughs> this is the drunkest I've ever been. You ever get so drunk, you ever get so drunk that you lose all your friends? I don't mean forever, I mean for the night, but it feels like that. <laughs> I was so drunk, I was yelling at the coat check to serve me a beer. And he was like, I only have jackets. I'm like, I feel like you're lying to me right now. So just give me a Bud Light. Don't be a dick. <laughs> this happened. I was probably 19 when this happened. I was in New Orleans. I was walking down the street. I was very drunk. And this guy was like, do you want a hit of this blunt? And I said, uh, yes, I do. <laughs> and the second I took a hit, these two cops slammed me and these two strangers against the wall. They handcuffed the three of us. This cop looks deep into my eyes. He goes, you seem very drunk. And I look back at him and I go, I'm fucked up. <laughs> He was like, how much did you have? I was like, a few too many. He was like, how much is that? I was like, you know too many? He was like, yeah, I was like, a few more than that. <laughs> he didn't even crack a smile. I'm not saying I'm Oscar Wilde, but... I'm near a blackout. I was deserving of some response. He's patting me down. He feels my back pocket. To this day, I have a little notebook in my back pocket. And he said, what is it? I'm drunk. So I said, that's my joke pad. And he said, what the fuck is a joke pad? And I said, I'm a stand-up comic. And the second it came out of my mouth, I was like, no. 
He was like, you're a comedian? I said, yeah. He goes, we'll see about that. <laughs> Takes a joke book out of my back pocket and starts reading the jokes out loud. And after every joke, his partner would go, worst piece of shit I've ever heard. <laughs> the two guys handcuffed next to me are now laughing hysterically. <laughs> they were supposed to be on my side. They flipped. And it only went on two or three minutes, but it felt longer. This guy's got no delivery. He's kind of butchering what I do. <laughs> Finally, they uncuff me. They uncuff the other guys. They keep my joke book, but they let us go. And the second they drive away, one of the guys I'm handcuffed with turns to me and he goes, holy shit, dude, I had cocaine on me. <laughs> but they didn't search me because of your shitty jokes. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for coming out. think of the show? I prefer Little Rel. So easy. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you love what you heard today, don't keep it to yourself. Share this episode with friends and family and let's spread the laughter. Don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on today's guests and special offers just for our listeners. Thanks for tuning in and we'll be back soon with even more laughs. Join the fucking funny community today.